Welcome to She Bought That DVD, the podcast where every week we are watching one new DVD from our mother's giant collection. I am your co-host, Jaylene. And I'm Violet. And this week we are actually watching two DVDs. I lied, we're watching two DVDs. But this episode, we are only talking about Return from Witch Mountain. Last episode was Escape to Witch Mountain. We are now on the second part. No excitement over there? This movie was better. (laughs) but still not great (laughs) still didn't answer the question that we left off of on last week yes so this is our first time watching this film and as we had to explain last week our mother's friend her kid liked this film and so i guess mom had seen them on sale and just like available to shop and had purchased one and two together because they were the same price sticker and this one was also $8.99, and it was also released in 2009. And the reason why I know this is because the trailers were identical to the other movie. Okay. So I had uh, Disney Advertising, Disney, Blu-ray, Snow White becoming available on Blu-ray, the 2009 version of Return, no, Race, Race to Witch Mountain, thank you, and Bedtime Stories. All the same. All right. I mean... Yeah, okay, so she she bought the, uh, I was going to say a remaster version, but like the... I guess it is it, a remaster it, it, it's, it's, it's widescreen. But it, it's like a, 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 an edition. It'd be like a book, like the, the second edition or the third edition of the, the releasing of it. Yeah, and like the way that they're formatted on, on the front screen, yeah, yeah. it's they're called Walt Disney Family Classics. The image... It's a gray... The graphic, the way that they're uh, placed is similar. And the same thing on the side. Yeah. So the difference with this film, besides it just being a sequel, is there was more children involved in this. Yeah. And the adults were actually quite evil and truly manipulative. And much better at acting. (laughs) I would hope so. We have Betty Davis in the room. And uh, what what is it? What's his name? I don't know the other two gentlemen, but apparently one of the guys. He was in Lord of the Rings. Oh, that I didn't know. I can believe it. He was the. Don't tell me which Lord of the Rings character it was. If it's not Orlando Bloom, I don't know. Or Gollum. Or Liv Tyler. Uh, Christopher Lee. (laughs) Okay. He's. Yeah, he was in Lord of the Rings. He was in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory that we had seen. He was in Lord of... Uh, I already said Lord of the Rings. Um, he was in Star Wars as well. Like, he was a... He's a known name. Yeah. This sequel came three years after the original. After the two-year mark, obviously, they then started to get into production to release this film... The first film did very well. There was a lot of excitement around it. And apparently people really liked the characters and didn't want to let them go. So they developed this story. It wasn't nearly as successful as the first one. It also has a lower score overall in IMDb. But I kind of find that a bit like controversial because I personally think that this one had a better fleshed out storyline mm-hmm. than the first one. No, as I've previously said, like there were questions that we had about them that were never answered. 
But at this point, it's just like you're kind of accepting it for face value and just like tell me the damn story as to like what is happening. Yeah. So we are going to tell you the story in a few seconds as fast as we possibly can to catch you up on what you possibly might have missed if you did not watch this movie. Tony and Tia return from which mountain? They get dropped off at the Rose Bowl on the football field and they meet this taxi driver and then Tony has, no, Tia has this premonition that, that a man is going to fall off the roof. And so while the taxi driver goes get gas because he ran out of gas, Tony ventures out into the street and he ends up getting kidnapped by the bad guys who were controlling the man that was on the roof. And Tia and Tony basically spend a majority of the movie separated. Yeah. And Tia then finds herself with a gang of boys and Tony ends up spending his time with the bad guys. The bad guys realize how easy he is to manipulate because he has these special powers with the microchip implanted behind his ear. They're able to okay, they, okay, control pr- okay. him. But prior, they were already practicing yes, mind, mind control. control on the guy that was walking across the top of the building who he had rescued. And when he rescued him, they realized he could, he was telekinetic or could uh, manipulate uh, matter uh, or move things so yeah so they are like perfect we'll mind control him and we can be rich once well, well, okay the bad guys one's a scientist and one just wants money money betty she's, davis she is so obsessed with just she's money. yeah and she's in debt and she needs to pay off whatever so they tried to Betty Davis' character decides to rob the museum to make money from gold bars. It goes unsuccessful and nearly gets caught by Tia and the gang of boys because they finally kind of catch up to like where they potentially could have been. And the doctor's like, no, 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 I've got a better plan. We could do the plutonium plant. Meanwhile, Tia and Tony are having like a kinetic, psychokinetic, I don't know what it's called, uh, connection. And he's kind of giving her directions as to where he is she ends up getting trapped because it was a bit of a setup Mm -hmm. and she gets left behind while they go to the plant she then gets a goat to tell the boys that (laughs) where where she she is is. yeah and then they set her free they then venture all the way to the plutonium plant and save the day and then they go back to space yeah the only other character i'd add in there is uh uh mr yo-yo Yes. That's not his actual name. That's what they... they... Mr. Yoyo Tokomoto. Okay. Okay. Um, He... No idea. But he rounds up the hooligans in the neighborhood and and sends them back to school. It's his job. And he's kind of the vehicle to keep the kids going is what i'm gonna say like he literally is the vehicle like he's, he's a person yeah he's a person who can chauffeur them around from place to place when they're trying to uh, uh break tony free from these people these evil people so seeing as sequels are generally hard to nail down especially after the first film being successful maybe not in our eyes being successful but to hollywood it made money what elements worked against the potential success of this film? It was well very different, but also you already knew the kids had powers. Like there wasn't more. There was nothing shocking about it, which is pretty in line with the first film 
I would say it's not all that mysterious or shocking. However, you are wondering why do these kids have powers and what's going on? I, I mean, I thought the second one was better. I it had too. It had more of a, a story line. So there's a couple of like things right off the bat that confused me where they were supposed to go meet. Yeah, I, wh- what was going They were, Weren't they supposed to go somewhere and do something and they didn't? Or Exactly. So who is our uncle, dad, Benet? figure? Benet. There we go. He, they were supposed to meet up with Benet. No, they were not. Benet is the one who... Tony. Tony is who they were supposed to meet up were with. Were they? Yeah. Okay. I, I had no idea. I thought they were just having a little trip and it seemed like they had an objective, but that wasn't really disclosed. So maybe I missed it. Yeah. I think they're supposed to go meet with Tony and because there's the mention of the brother. So I think because in the last movie, they stowed away with Tony's brother. In the- but we never meet Tony's brother. No. That, was a, I, that part piece confused me a lot. Yeah. So I think what confused me the entire time, well, sorry, I can't say the entire time, but what frustrated me was Tia was concerned about Tony. No. Tia and Tony. It's not Tony. Who is the other character that they're supposed to meet? I, it's not Tony because it's Tia and Tony. O'Day. Yeah, but they called him by his first name. Yeah. And H- I- Hiram was his brother's name but i hated that benet and oday rhymed and so i think that's what also confused me why aren't i getting him um biff ubim astrologer uncle benet sheriff tony uh jason jason okay so i think they were to meet up with jason in the second film and I'm confused that Jason wasn't looking for them. Yeah, I was also very confused about all of like Because (laughs) at the end of the movie, they literally just leave. It's not like, oh, maybe we should go tell Jason that this adventure happened. And their stuff, their bag of things in the back of the taxi driver's cat. Yeah, it was. It's a kid. It's a kid's movie. (laughs) I don't I don't know what else to say. I personally think the story of this movie was a lot better than the previous mm-hmm. film. But visually, I thought it was less interesting than the other movie, the first one. I kind of liked the way the... I don't, I don't like the... Uh, I thought it was interesting, the outside of these buildings, and that these kids could just run around and do as they please. Okay. And the old abandoned building that they went into. I was getting Stranger Things vibes where it's like this little hooligan kids and that they decide that they want to take over a mansion. I'm like, Vecna is going to come out. No, it's a goat. <laughs> it wasn't as green or as lush, I would say, as the first one. Yeah. This be- one's more city. Well, this one was filmed in Los Angeles. The other one was filmed in Monterey, California, which is more coast-like. And... On IMDb, someone actually has listed every single place where they have filmed, which is incredible. And I picked out like one of the places as to where they had actually filmed. And then I saw that was near Skid Row. And I was like, oh, like I, I want to do some more information research on Skid Row. And I learned about Skid Row while I was watching this film, which isn't the most upbeat uh, 
topic to necessarily read while watching a kid's movie, but I, I think it's one of those things where you hear about it, but because you're visually not seeing it, you don't necessarily understand it. And so I learned that it's basically started in the 1930s. It's an area where homeless people are basically only allowed to live. No other homeless people can live anywhere else or else police get involved. And I then was looking on Google Maps. There's a whole bunch of like resources that are out there for people. There's like a 24 hour laundry, public bathroom. And I was like, okay, like there are resources but unfortunately, the population generally sits anywhere between 9,000 to 15,000 people at any time. So that's what I learned while watching this movie. And then, yeah, the other movie was socialism. What dark, I don't, not dark, but like strange topics to get into while watching a kid's movie. No, you, I mean, you learned something. I, I actually just, what I looked up was uh, Betty Davis. Oh, That's who she I. was also another person that I had looked up, but I was looking at what movies that she had been in that I had seen and I hadn't seen any of them. I just know that she is a very well-recognized lady in the acting world. Yeah. So Betty Davis, not to be confused with Betty Davis, the American singer and songwriter, but Betty Davis, the actress from 1908 to 1989. Yeah, she was just, she won two Academy Awards. Like she, she was just a famous actress of the time. Was there anything that really surprised you about this movie? The same thing that bothered me was this a uh, similar theme in this one. Now that, especially now that they knew how to use their powers, you could see they were more comfortable with it. He was able to control things with his mind without having to play his harmonica. Um, was the fact that, again, the decisions that they were making. And the way that they were using their powers. I was like, come on, guys. This this could have been sorted a lot easier or sooner than it was. But I didn't hate the get rich and then going to the museum and her wanting to steal all the gold. I thought that was kind of fun. And it went in a different turn than the last time. Like... Ultimately, the plot is pretty much the same, except now they're separated. But these guys want power because they don't have power, whereas the other people, they just seemed as though they were doing it for the sake of doing it and they had nothing else to do. I liked Benny Davis's driven character of I just want money. I, I That's all I want. Not that I like agree with her character. But no, I, like she, she just had proper motivation. She was, she was wonderful. I really enjoyed watching the scenes that she was in, and she, she sold it, and she just had this, this smile that was so good. Um, I, I really enjoyed her. Yeah, and her motivation was spot on. We we're like, no, but I just want the money. And the scientist was like, look past that, please. <laughs> She's like, but no, <laughs> that's not what I need. And he has he has a, a line. The scientist, I, I don't know his name, but he says, "You're you're thinking in the the present, and I'm thinking in the future. Like think bigger than what you're thinking right now." There's a book that I'm looking for for a specific term for homeless men. In I don't think it was the '70s. It's probably earlier than that. Anyways, that's why I'm what I'm stuck doing right now. Because when did Skid Row? That you don't have to put it. 1930s. 1930s. Yeah. There's a there's a specific name that I'm looking for. 
and I'm searching it through Rory Gilmore because there's a book that she read. Oh, I see. But she's read, uh, there's a list of every book that she's read in all the, se- the seasons and it's too long for me to, I don't know what to search. I see. I'm, my, my question is more of a curiosity. We have these kids who are going to school and are a part of the, the Earth Gang. I can't remember what their gang was called. Was this just like a, an actual thing of the 70s where kids were just in... I don't, I don't want to call them gangs. I know that's what they called themselves in the, the film. But where they they just... Like in a way... I don't know how to describe it. Like, I don't want to say homeless, but like they pretended to be. Because I'm trying to think of other, like, I feel like there's other older films that were probably from the 70s where like kids were just like kind of bumming around. The Outsiders. Thank you. Yes. And there's another one. Which is 1967. So that would. What's the, what's the one with the kids on the train tracks and the bridge? No idea. It's a famous one. No idea. And they're they're they like hang out on this. There's like a really famous scene. But yeah, the way that you are describing this, I definitely could see that in the 1970s things. I think economically things were also tough. I was looking into this as well. So if you look at the Wikipedia article on Skid Row, it goes through like different phases. So you have 1930s, which is obviously the Great Depression. Then you have 1950s, which is another recession. And then 1970s, you also have another recession. You could be correct about the fact that they come from a family or area that don't have the income to financially support them And so to them, education is a waste of time because they've seen their parents be educated and get trapped in a system where it's like, well, what's the point? What is education therefore going to get me? Yeah. And the the really nice line, I, again, I try to quote it, but I didn't actually, it says you can't be strong or it's, you can't be tough and educated is what one of them says. So that's why they're not going to school (laughs) or that's his justification for not going to school, which just made me laugh. Yeah, I did find it a bit interesting to kind of take a side where you have these kids being very vocal about not going to school, where Disney is not really, like, Disney is all about a clean appearance and making sure everything is perfect. And vocalizing that these kids are not going to school. I mean, I guess in the end, they promise him that they're going to go to school. So Disney gets their happy ending. But I think what falls flat is there's not a specific moment that changes them. All of a sudden, like, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, we'll go to school. And that that's it. Yeah, I'm not, not sure about that one. This, I guess this movie left me with little questions because it was so straightforward. I'll be honest. It, it was very clear and concise on what it was supposed to be about. How'd you feel about uh, Tia's fit? Good question. I really hated it because it was red. If you didn't know this and you're listening and had never seen this film before, and it's a bright, vibrant red. And she's 
playing with these four boys who are like denim on denim, dark. I don't know. They've got like their cuffs that are studded and uh, like ripped jean vests and what like hooligans, I guess, is kind of like what I'm going to attribute it to. And she obviously comes from an area that is well off at Witch Mountain and is clean. And so like she's playing opposite to these four kids that clearly are living on the street or playing on the street all the time. And she stands out against them. It's very interesting how these four boys just completely accepted her for like who she was. I get that she had saved them from the bullies and they were like, oh, yeah, she's cool, blah, blah, blah. I just don't think that's like truly believable. I think she stands out too much against them. And not to mention, like, she's a girl with these four boys. And it's like she already stands out because she's a girl with these four ratty boys. So why are you then adding another layer to this? Yeah, she was so vibrant and it was like, oh, you, you, I mean, you couldn't miss her. I, I just really um, enjoyed her shorts. Oh, yeah. Her short capris. That <laughs> her, like, her like yeah. skirt. If she had her legs together, it looked more like a skirt because they were kind of flowy. But it was it was an interesting outfit to put her in. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree because she wore it the entire mm-hmm. movie. That's the only outfit that she had. And not something I would say girls of her age in that era would be wearing. Yes. The way that they dressed her. It seemed as though they were like, okay, she's 16 years old. Let's dress her like she's 28. Going to a job interview. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) How did you feel about the special effects in this film? Okay. I absolutely loved, and I'm going to assume that it was claymation. When they, at the very end, when she repairs the vehicle. Yes. I I thought it was very well done. Yeah. I thought that was fantastic. Did you, I, were there any bonus features at there all? There was bonus features. I have a really fun fact that I'll tell you about a special effect, but that was actually not brought up at all, and I was really disappointed. Really? Yeah, I wanted to find out because I had looked on IMDb trying to figure out, like, do they talk about this, and they don't talk about It's claymation, though, right? I think it is, but it's pretty damn good. It is so well done. Yeah. I'm, I am glad they found a way to make that happen. It's not real looking but it's 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 kind of cute and cartoonish the way that it the vehicles put back together yeah and i think so (laughs) they were showing the behind the scenes or like what they had done for the gold brick museum robbery and in the little carts they actually had people inside of them slowly walking as they were oh to move them around to move them around And then the way that the bricks had been moved, that was superimposed later on in post. You could definitely tell that wasn't done as well because the color is pretty horrible. But when you get the bricks outside, it's different. Those are actually live bricks. And then when they're flying into the vehicle, those were actually cast throwing the bricks at the vehicle, which makes sense. But I wanted to know... How did they do the special effect for the glass? How did they like laser cut that out? And that must also be like claymation of some sort. But how do you get clear? Like I couldn't figure oh, that out. Oh, I didn't even think of that when they put it together. All I thought was prior to the glass being put back together, 
when the boys f- willingly jump into Mr. Yo-Yo's vehicle, like three of them hop through the front windshield because there's no glass there. But then later you see the glass is like scattered amongst the dashboard and the seats. And I was like, hold on. No, <laughs> those boys would have been so cut up if they yeah, got so in. continuity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they didn't talk about the glass. And I was like really upset about that. But the one thing that they did talk about was the scene where the van goes down the hill upside down and he crashes his vehicle into. Oh, the, the cop car. Yes. Yeah. Okay. No, that's actually the taxi. I'm talking about the fire ex- uh, fire hydrant. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's the fire hydrant. Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. So the, there was just happened to be a, a cop at the end of the hill watching it all yes, happen. Correct. Yes, correct. There was this big request that the van goes down this hill, hits a truck that's parked and flips over and kind of zigzags down this giant hill and then hits the fire hydrant and stops there. So the special effects guy was like, okay, leave it with me. I'll have a think as to like what's actually going to happen about this because there is no CGI. How are you going to make this possible? He comes back the week later and he's like, okay, I've got this. I know what we're doing. So they set up the shot as to like what's going to happen. And then when they're ready to flip the vehicle over, they cut open the roof of the vehicle. They install a car inside and they drive it down. Wow. Upside down. Wow. Yeah. That's how that was done. That's how that was done. (gasps) Okay. I think I really appreciated the special effects more so in this film because I felt as though they were tighter and cleaner and a little, not believable, but three years had gone by. That's quite a bit of time for them to like kind of practice their craft a bit more and make things more believable then you also have the high wire that where they were doing all the jumps and stuff so like the final jump at the end where um the group of kids go over the fence they all had steel shorts on and you basically get lifted on a crane and you go over and then it's the same way with the three bad guys at the end of the film they had steel shorts on and then they go whoop okay okay so in the middle of the movie is when um Betty Davis's character decides she's going to steal the gold bars. Yes. So they go to this museum exhibition that or exhibit. They, museum. They go to they go to this museum who has this gold display from I don't know Gold Rush or whatever it may be. And I, this is where I didn't really watch for a very specific reason. And the mannequin. One of the reasons I don't like this film or was annoyed with this film. I have auto automotophobia, which <laughs> sounds so silly. I didn't realize you still had that fear. Yeah. It's a fo- like, it's just a phobia. I, I can't explain it. I have no reason. I I don't know why I have no much control over it as much as you want to reason with me. Um, But I essentially have a fear of mannequins and not like going to the store or like to the mall and there's mannequins dress and clothing. Those haven't don't use that. I've never really that hasn't freaked me out. Unless they have faces. Yeah. It's when they have actual faces done and even like wax figures 
um, freak me, freak me out. And our parents took us once. Oh, so you were, I couldn't remember if you came to the wax museum. Yeah. They took us to the wax museum and mom was so mad that she paid for me because it wasn't, it obviously was expensive to go through the admission. And I walked through the entire thing with my eyes closed and looking or looking down at my feet. And they, they, they just like led me through and mom was mad, but <laughs> I, I can't explain it, but it, it just, it, it, it freaks me out and, and scares me so much. And I know whenever I go to a museum, I know to ask, are there mannequins or where are they? And most people, most people are will tell will tell me or like no we don't have any and all good but there's I I made the mistake I was um I went to like our the Royal Museum or the BC whatever museum I went there and they I they don't normally have mannequins or I for the times that I've been there however whatever exhibit was in happened to have one that I didn't think to ask. And I rounded the corner first. Oh. And you have to be there to see me how I react because I I I, I can't justify it. I don't know, but I apparently just like went like pale and like froze and like I, I couldn't and I was like almost in tears, but I I couldn't explain why or what was going on. So if you don't know, I have the phobia. It's really bizarre. But the only other time I was in Vietnam and we were in a museum and I didn't think to ask. I wasn't going to ask because I, I don't want to. I don't. I, f- I feel weird. It's a, it's a weird thing to ask. And anyways, so it'd be like people who are afraid of spiders or heights. It's a phobia. They can't justify it. They just initially like they initially just like innately get this like fast heart heart rate like they. You, you just can't handle it. We're in, <laughs> we're in this museum and my friends happened to be in front of me and they turned into the next room and one goes, Oh, that's freaky. And the other one's like, yeah. And I just stopped <laughs> and froze. I was like, what's scary guys. And they explained it. And one of them remembered thankfully or like instantly clicked in and was like oh you don't want to walk in here we're terrified of it you're not coming in here and apparently it was just like a a creepy looking mannequin is what happened to be set up in the like they found it scary I so thankful that I did not see it or that would have haunted me they make me so uncomfortable I don't know I don't know why they need to exist in museums when you could just put the clothes on display not on a mannequin you know? Yeah. Like a store mannequin. <laughs> but now we're putting them in a movie and we're pretending to animate them as well. well which like we're real people. They turned into real people. No, they didn't. Okay. No. I clearly wasn't paying attention. No, they didn't. Oh, but so they were moving about. They were moving about. And I was like, wow, you're just really, really <laughs> adding to nightmare Really fuel. playing into it and making this so much more worse <laughs> than it needs to be. <laughs> Because like even one of the kids, like they, it, one of them bumps into them. And they're like, "Hey, lady, watch it!" And then like they turn and like it's not a real person. It's us. Man, this this is off. This is just. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it so much. No idea why. I never. Don't think I. I no traumatizing um, memories. I've you you know I've been like this for as long as we've been to many museums, many train museums, you know, it's been a thing. 
mom mom also would ask occasionally if there would be one i do remember one of the times we went in and in and they told us ex- they're like okay there is one this is where it is like exactly where it is map the location and we were in there and we were about to head into that room yeah we were about to like the way the flow of the traffic of the museum went we were about to head into that room and then the power went out because there was a thunderstorm or a lightning storm this was in Revelstoke. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So the light, the, the power went out and this it's like a train museum. museum and there's thunder and lightning going on in the background. Now we're in the room where the mannequin is, but I don't know where the mannequin is because we we're just entering it. I just know there's a mannequin in the room, but I don't know where in this museum it's located in here. And now it's just pitch black and I want out and the flow of the traffic is going this way. So we have to keep walking that way to where like we, we, I can't remember if we ended up staying or having to leave or we got our money back or what happened because the we power just went out. We're invited to come back after the power had come back on. Okay. So like we had to walk ourselves through and I just, I just, I remember getting upset and mom getting annoyed with me for being upset, but like, understandably so we came to a museum, the powers, like there's so many things that are going on. However, (laughs) mom, (laughs) I was, I'm, I was scared and I'm still scared to this day as an adult. Like that was, that was one of the times that I was like, oh God, this is bad. (laughs) Yeah, but the this thing, is awful. The thing too is you used to not like store mannequins because they used to have hair. Sears mannequins used oh, to God, actually I, have real mannequins. They did. I do remember that. Whereas now you, if any store actually has them, they are creepy. And you're just like, no, I would actually prefer you to just have like, I like the mannequins that either have no face, like no shape, but it's just an oval or, or they just have the nose and then that's it. Or they're like no head. They're docked. Like they, like there's yeah. like no head. It's just a body with a. Yeah. Our mannequins, the store that I worked out had heads because we sold hats. Okay. Yes. But those do we don't freak me out. Oh, I have a, I have a horrible mannequin story actually. It, not in the sense that it, like it freaks me out like mannequins, but there was a night that we worked at the store there was four of us. We started our shift at 6 p.m. We were going to go till 2 a.m. And this was because we were doing shipping online orders. And normally our store only ordered like gets 50 orders. This was during like COVID logistics issues, whatever. We had 450 orders in the system. This is right after Black Friday. We have to get these orders out in two days. So what do we do? We're going to do an all-nighter kind of shift. So when you're picking items, they could be on the mannequin. And one of the things was on the mannequin at the front of the store. And so you have to undress the mannequin and then you put on an alternative, like you're subbing an item and whatnot. So there's no one in the store. So they undress the mannequin and they leave it at the front of the store lying down on the ground. So every time you're walking by, you just have this... Out of the corner of your eye, like a dead dead body body laying down on the ground. That's not ideal. (laughs) That kept scaring me because it was eerie, just the four of us being in in the store. And yeah, we had good music going on. But at some point we're like, we need to put like kids music on. This is getting starting to get like creepy and like eerie. But yeah, that's the only time where I was kind of a bit scared. The other thing too that gets me when I worked at the store was 
Lisa would move the mannequins from time to time, depending on her displays. And if you don't remember where she put it, you would think they were a person at the store and you'd go greet them. <laughs> Especially the kids. You're like, You're like, hi. Oh, uh, mm, nice fit. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, the only other thing was last year, I think it was last year, uh, at work, we have dummies. Mannequin day? Okay. No, we have, we have, we have dummies. And uh, Grayson put it in the female staff shower. And I happened to be the first female to go into the staff shower that day. It wasn't about it. Didn't. No need to have a, um, a mannequin in there because you were like full you can't, you can't, body. Yeah, or, uh, oh, no, okay. it's it's full body, arms, limbs, legs, like, head. Is it like the CPR. Dummy? No, 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 no. It's full body, and it was around like you you can't see because like the where the wall is to into the shower, but you do have to turn the yeah. corner, and it's like ah, mm, ah, mm. and then I just remember dragging it out of the shower and like across the deck. <laughs> And everyone was like, watching, <laughs> just dragging this body. Yeah, I wasn't happy about that. Anyways, uh, so this part of the movie was awful for me. It's completely And fair. I did skip through. That's fine. It. That makes a little bit. sense as to why, like, you're a bit fuzzy on some of the details. Yeah, I was like, no, I'm good. Yeah. Okay. I stopped the movie at this point and was having a really hard time paying attention. And I thought, no. I'll, I'll finish this tomorrow. So this is the movie that I didn't watch in one sitting, even though it was an hour and a half. I have just been really into Fortnite and that's what I wanted to do instead. And I just was like, no, it's okay. I'll, I'll do this later. And then, of course, last night I was like, I should have just watched it. Why wasn't I watching it? But I played my Fortnite. It made me happy. And so I, I got a little bit of a gratitude reward and whatnot. I did get my victory royale that day, so it was well worth it. I got my very first solo victory. I, it was very, very exciting. And then two games after that, it was the first one out. And Brandon says to me, well, it has to happen to someone. I was like, you can't go from first to first out. <laughs> it has to happen to someone. It does have to happen <laughs> to someone. Well, I then thought when I got knocked out, which I know that I'm not that great, but I turned to set <laughs> turned around and said to him, "I guess that's why you should be aiming for the head because you get more points and that knocks him out faster." He's like, "Well, what are you aiming for?" I'm like, eh, "Just the crotch, like usual, because <laughs> I'm just like center of body. I'm more like less likely to hit them." But you should always be aiming for the head. <laughs> but I don't. <laughs> But then the odd time I get the sniper and then I go for the headshot. I, I normally do sometimes knock them out, but I'm having fun. I haven't I haven't had fun playing a game like this in a long while, so it makes me happy. Yeah. What games have you been playing? I've been playing played up with. Um, I have a, f a friend that doesn't live here, so the only way we can hang out with him is online. So we try and find things that we can all play together and I get motion sick, so I can't play shooters. So we've been playing played up. We've been having so much fun and we haven't been able to beat our first run. We've come so close three times and it's always it's always like one of the last, the second to last of the like the last round and before we go into it, you can do a little bit of a practice mode and we'll 
I think I've seen Coco play this. You might have. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll do a practice round. We'll probably spend a, a lot of time reorganizing everything in the space to make sure it's perfect. And it seems to be those times when we spend a, 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 just like a decent amount on like the fine tweaking and the fixing that we lose <laughs> when we go to actually do it. I see. <laughs> and it's like, man, if only we had just like kept going with the momentum or the speed that we had. Um, but uh, what some someday soon, hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to to beat it so that we can have more or unlo unlock more things, essentially. Yeah. I also have noticed that because we're now on daylight savings, with the sun going down later at night, my mood has drastically changed. I feel as though I want to do things. I'm actually staying up till 10 p.m., not 8.30 p.m. And I'm okay with like gaming till 7.30, 8 o'clock and then being like, okay, I can stop. Whereas before I'd be like, yeah, it's 6 o'clock. I can stop gaming. It's bedtime in two and a half hours. Also, it's been sunny, which has been really nice. Yeah, I've been uh, reading is what I've been doing. I'm reading three books right now. Wow, that's a lot of books. Technically f a four-ish, but three. And one that you had, this is basically the same thing as last last week's podcast. Uh, one that you had given me, which is a design book. Uh, East of Eden. I don't know how long I'm going to take to read it, but I'm enjoying, I'm slowly reading it and enjoying it. And then Infinite Jest, but I was listening to the audiobook, and now today I just got the actual physical copy. Mm. Um, but as you can see, it's not a small book. No, <laughs> so it's not. <laughs> it's still going to take me a while. And then Grayson, uh, he was explaining or reading a book to me. It's called The Decameron, which is an interesting book. And that I kind of want to read the entirety of it, but I've only read it's a hundred stories in one book. Um, and I've only heard the, the final story in the book. So I want to read it in its entirety. But it's essentially a book that was written during the Black Death. Oh, okay. Um, and it was, it's, the premise of it is seven people who like escaped like the, the city and went out to the countryside and like lived in a smaller area. And they told each like over 10 days, they told 10 stories. So each one of them told a story a day mm -hmm. and it's a collection of all those stories. Gotcha. Put over. It's kind of interesting. And that's it. Anything else to add about this movie? Um, okay. So you think this one is better. Is it just better because of the story? Yeah. I also thought the acting was better in it. I thought it was worse. You thought it was worse. Her freaking out at oh the the sorry I thought the adults acting was oh, better. Oh okay, I thought Kim's acting was worse than when she was. She younger. barely had any lines in the first one. Um, no, not the kids, but I thought the adults were their acting was better. I thought the lines were a little bit better as well. I enjoyed the group of kids helping her her through it gave a little bit more depth like yeah um i was curious to see if any of them did anything after not really and not really yeah i was just surprised that those those kids for them being in a sequel to a popular movie and it being disney to not 
have done more Mm -hmm. afterwards. Granted, they're child actors. Who knows if they wanted to be there and their their parents just put them there. Yeah. Um, so they got the the role or the spot. Yeah, based off of yeah, their parents. I do know that one of them did like commercial work after and had seemed to do like a couple probably straight to VHS movies. Okay. But for the rest of them, it didn't really seem as though they got into acting further. Yeah, I was so a dazzle mm-hmm. was the one. That I thought out of all the the kids, he seemed like he had potential. It, it So they had three out of the four boys on for interviews in the bonus feature. And the four of them remained friends. Cool. Nice. Like, all the way up until their adulthood. And even so, I guess their interviews would have taken place in uh, 2000s. And yeah, they all attended each other's weddings. And oh, wow. Yeah. So that I thought was really, really cool. That's lovely to hear. They must have had so much fun filming on the set. And you could tell that they got a, like they were friends. They got mm-hmm. along. It, it, there was there was good chemistry between all of them. Yeah. The one thing that I forgot to mention was, again, no budget for this film, but it only grossed worldwide $16.9 million dollars. So putting that into perspective, that is $3.1 million less than the original. So you can see why it wasn't as successful. It's still, this pretty good, I'm sure. Yeah, I think like that's the hard thing. I have no benchmark. If you don't tell me how much money this cost you, I have absolutely no way of knowing what this movie did. Not to mention, I don't think Betty Davis was cheap. No, or Christopher Lee. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they might have overspent. Possibly. And Tia and Tony at that point had yeah, yeah. done something. They weren't new and they were probably children that were kind of well sought after. But yeah, we could leave it there and get into ratings. Okay. So I gave it a... I what st- is your story rating? I gave it a one for story still. Okay. I thought... It still sucked. <laughs> it was it was better, but not great. That's what I said at the beginning. And it's still, I was bored. I was on my phone researching. Also, you put mannequins in there, so you automatically get just knocked down to That a is one. a visual thing. That is not a story <laughs> thing. Fine. <laughs> I also gave it a 2.5, okay. same as last week, or sorry, last episode. And I thought I was going to give it higher. And then I thought, I'm like, this doesn't deserve a three, though. Like, there's no way that this deserves a three. That I then thought, well, maybe I should change my... Score for score. the first one? Yeah, okay. But I, at that point, I was like, but this is how I felt. So I, I should have benchmarked it a little bit better and given a lower mark for the other film. But I'm going to leave it at 2.5 for all the reasons that we have already discussed. Your music rating. I gave it a 2 for music. Music was much better in this one. It was funky. Uh, there was more of it well-placed or better placed than the first one. Uh, no unnerving uh harmonica playing uh yeah i thought it was cool i was bobbing my head up to some of it i I enjoyed it i gave it a 2.5 same as the other movie i also agree that this 
music was better and the same issue. I should have lowered last movies <laughs> in order to make this one seem better because I remember that listening to the music and feeling, wow, this actually fits what's happening. Oh, man. Okay, now this checks out what you had said earlier when you, I'm going to spoiler for everyone. Um, Jaylene had said she rated the first one higher than the second, even though you enjoyed the second more. And now I can see why. You should have adjusted your score. I should have adjusted uh, my score. Match. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because music was better. Music was significantly better. But again, I didn't have the benchmark and it came down to, but this is still not a three. It's not a three in my books. It it fits, but it's not going up and beyond what it potentially could be. Yeah. And leave it there. Visuals. I give it a two. I really enjoyed the the buildings of them running around the streets of wherever they were. It was run down. The inside of the laboratory made me laugh. Yeah, I gave it a two. I thought it was good. Also, claymation of the, the van being put back together was, I enjoyed watching it. And not only did they show you them putting it back together in well, like one side of the van, they went around the entire thing. It was almost probably a minute worth of them reconstructing it. Yeah. I only gave it a three, which is lower than last movie. I think it had to do with the feel and the vibe. I wasn't connecting with it as much. I I understand that they're in a whole different area, but visually I found it less exciting and I just, I don't know, it wasn't as pretty as the last movie. No, it wasn't as lush and green and yeah. Because like they were on the coast the last mm -hmm. time and this was very city. So it, it definitely had a different feel and for me it just, it wasn't connecting. Your overall 3.3. Oh, it is higher. Yep. Mine is 5.3 and IMDb is 5.7. So I'm again closer to IMDb than you are. Interesting. So the big decision is, do we keep the sequel to the the first movie that we are not keeping? Um, no. N no. No, we don't keep this one. I'm sorry, mom. Yet again, we are deciding not to keep this series at all. Are you glad that you watched this? I'm disappointed. Because mom seemed like it was going to be good based on what she had heard from other people say. So I thought it, it, it was going to be more than what it was, especially because they also redid, like they remade the movie or they... Yeah, Race to Witch Mountain. Well, they rebooted. Rebooted the movie. So it, 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 it must be something. And it doesn't have a t terrible rating online when you look at it so i guess i thought oh, okay it's 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 gonna be good i was disappointed i guess like that is the hard thing too is yes it's in the 70s but then we have something that is 1981 et that's totally similar it's kids it's space it's so much better. I don't know. It's more interesting. It's funny. The jokes land. It's entertaining. It's sweet. You, you There's really character development, but you also feel for mm -hmm. all all the characters, including E.T. Yeah, I think my impression of this film would be different if we hadn't watched E.T. back in October. I'm not saying that it would be any better, but I think there would be less of a. I hate to use this word again. A benchmark because 
how we are evaluating these movies is basically up against what we have currently already seen and what you remember. I just I just think that there are better stories that could have been told in this time. And that's not to say like there there in the 70s I I'm not going to there are good stories in the 70s and prior to the 70s so it's not like they didn't have the ability to storytell to write good material. Yeah. We don't own a lot of 70s movies, but I am curious to see what else is out there and kind of gauge it off of the time period for this. Because this is our first 70s movie. We've seen a lot more 80s. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we have a lot of 80s as well when it comes down to looking at years. What year did you say we have the most of? 2007? 2005 is our biggest. And then 2004 and 2006 are second and closest. And then it kind of goes out from there depending on what it is but yeah 2000s is our biggest time period for oh yeah movies and and that makes sense i then was also thinking how many movies were being released in that time period there was a lot and then i thought wow they're not really releasing a lot of movies now but they are it's just on different platforms it's the way that you consume your media these days Mm -hmm. so you don't you're not going to the movie theater you're also not buying a dvd yeah Okay, we are going to pick the next DVD. We are going to bid adieu to the Witch Mountain series, which is not the full complete series, but with Tony and Tia characters, it is complete until the next time we get uh, the other individual movie. But are you ready to pick the next film? See what it is. Yeah. Okay, let's go random. Oh, no. Okay, are you going to ask me questions? Jaylene is sitting with a comical smile that looks like she's trying to hold back laughter, but also kind of looks like like she's about to cry. You're going to be really happy with this one. I am? Yeah. Okay. Like really happy with this one. Oh, okay. I don't know how to describe this one without like giving it too... Have I seen it? Yes. Okay. Yes. Cartoon. No, not cartoon. Okay. Was I a child when I watched this? No. A teenager. No. An adult? Yes. Okay. Grandma? Yeah. <laughs> like, what other age group are we going Sorry, I... Well, <laughs> have I said I like this film before? Yes. I, I think I'm just in complete shock as to, like, what it is. Is it what we talked about last week? No. Okay. I don't know what we talked about last week, but no. Okay. It is a movie based off of a novel. Okay. Have I read the novel? No. Maybe you have, actually. I own the novel as well. I think I did lend it to you. It's not The Princess Diaries? It's it? not The Princess because Diaries. Because it's a series. Yeah. I, uh, the only things I can think of are, are series. So you're not wrong in the fact that this potentially could have been a series, but the way that the writer writes, you don't have to have read the entire series un- in order to understand the story. It is a standalone, but you follow the character based on their location. And their location is? On a woo-woo. On a train? Yes. Isn't the murder on Orient Express? It is. So I have that one. Yes. (laughs) And you don't have it? Nope. Oh, oh, oh me, oh my. Note to self, listen to Jaylene when she says things. 
I thought you brought it back. Did you lie to me? I thought I brought it back too. Genuinely, I thought I brought it back. Please hope I brought it back. <laughs> Anyways, we are watching Murder on the Orient Express. It is the most recent version. I don't know what year that came out in, like 2018, 2019. That's really interesting because um, Betty Davis, who's in this movie, this movie that we had just watched, she was in a version of, I think, Death on the Nile. Death on the Nile. Yeah. You are correct. Yeah. So this is the Agatha Christie Murder on the Orient Express with Hercule Poirot. Can't wait to keep saying his name next week. <laughs> Might call him Hercule because that's easier. <laughs> I I don't think either of it is. Uh, so crap. It's on Disney Plus. Perfect. I think I've seen this movie three times. Like recently. I watched it at least once between 2020 and now. Oh okay. Okay. Because I'm pretty sure Coco watched it. Yes. And I watched it with them. I started and then I left. Okay. Anyways, I, that's for next week. But yeah. it was. And I read the book, old. yes. Okay, that's what I thought. We're going to end the episode there. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to this week's episode. If you'd like to follow along on our journey, you can hit the follow or subscribe button. If you'd like to join us next week, we are watching Murder on the Orient Express. It's on Disney+. Plus. It's the newest one, so I can't remember the year, but it's within the last five years it was released. If you'd like to follow us on any of our socials, those are linked in the show notes below. Until then, have a really great week. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye.